so the president is currently speaking. He's still speaking. He's now taking questions. We're a little bit behind in the in the speech that's in. Uh, essentially, it's him declaring a national emergency for border security. Um, that's going to be controversial and court challenges and that all sort of stuff. But he's. He's, he's meandering around on a lot of different topics. Well, he's building the case for the American people. It's definitely intended to be a persuasive speech, but it's astounding because he is meandering. He's going off on all sorts of different tangents. He is clearly winging it. I mean, this is not a carefully prepared teleprompter announcement to the nation. Which I'm fine with. Oh, yeah. It's it's unconventional. Yeah, but that doesn't make it wrong. No, I don't have any problem with it at all. Um, and then he's going to take questions, which is awesome. He could have come out and made this statement and then walked away which is commonly what is done, he's going to take questions and try to back up his argument. Now, I backed up the president just a little bit where he was he's talking about the way China handles drugs and we handle drugs, and he's building to a point, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, So let's join the president of the United States. Our criminalist, a drug dealer, gets a thing called, how about a fine? And when I asked President Xi, I said, do you have a drug problem? No, no, no. I said, you have 1.4 billion people. What do you mean you have no drug problem? No, we don't have a drug problem. I said, why? Death penalty. We give death penalty to people that sell drugs. End of problem. What do we do? We set up a blue ribbon committees. Lovely men and women. They sit around a table, they have lunch, they eat, they dine, and they waste a lot of time. So if we want to get smart, we can get smart. You can end the drug problem. You can end it a lot faster than you think. But President Xi's agreed to put fentanyl on his list of deadly, deadly drugs. And it's a criminal penalty, and the penalty is death. So that's, frankly, one of the things I'm most excited about in our trade deal. I want to know the truth. I think maybe there's no more important point. We're going to make billions of dollars with this trade deal. It's going to be great for our country and great for China, I hope. Their market's down close to 40%. Our market's way up. We've picked up, since my election, trillions of dollars of worth. Trillions, many trillions. And China's lost trillions of dollars. But I want it to be good for China, and I want it to be good for the United States. So we'll see what happens. Uh, China's coming here next week, by the way. They're coming home, the traders. And then uh, China's coming here next week. And then I'll be meeting with President Xi at some point after that to maybe for some remaining deals. I think we're going to get back to the border wall at some point? The national emergency and uh, that whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. One-on-one ourselves. So we're going to be signing today and registering national emergency and it's a great thing to do because we have an invasion of drugs invasion of gangs invasion of people and it's unacceptable and by signing the national emergency something signed many times by other presidents many many times president obama in fact we may be using one of the national emergencies that he signed having to do with cartels, criminal cartels. It's a very good emergency that he signed, and we're going to use parts of it in our dealings on cartels. So that would be a second national emergency, but in that case, it's already in place. And what we really want to do is simple. It's not like it's complicated. It's very simple. 
We want to stop drugs from coming into our country. We want to stop criminals and gangs from coming into our country. Nobody's done the job that we've ever done. I mean, nobody's done the job that we've done on the border. And in a way, what I did by creating such a great economy, and if the opposing party got in, this economy would be down the tubes. You know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, well, but maybe the previous administration, let me tell you, the previous administration, it was heading south and it was going fast. We would have been down the tubes. The regulations were strangling our country. Unnecessary regulations. By creating such a strong economy, you just look at your televisions or see what's going on today, it's through the roof. What happens is more people want to come. So we have far more people trying to get into our country today than probably we've ever had before. And we've done an incredible job in stopping them, but it's a massive number of people. If we had the wall, it would be very easy. We would make up for the cost of the wall just to the cost of the fact that I would be able to have fewer people. We wouldn't need all of this incredible talent, some of whom are sitting in the first row. You wouldn't need all of this incredible talent. We would get, we would get thousands of law enforcement people including Border Patrol, you put them in different areas, you have them doing different things, law enforcement and Border Patrol. And I want to thank law enforcement. And yeah, I want to the thank Border, Border Patrol, Patrol Union is saying, wait, what now? <laughs> the walls instead of us? Hang on. She don't need us anymore. Yeah, whoops. Well, he's again, he's exploring various thoughts, tangents, possibilities. Yeah. So interesting. Do you want to, uh, you said you have some uh, thoughts on his style. Well, uh, I can be later. Okay. That's fine. A little, little more from the president here. Yeah. He's he's uh, still taking questions, so we'll be getting into that here pretty soon. I want to thank ICE. ICE is abused by the press and by the Democrats. And by the way, we're going to be taking care of ICE. You know, we talk about the, the new bill. We're going to be taking care of ICE. They wanted to get rid of ICE. And the bill is just the opposite of that. A lot of good things happen. So that's the story. We want to have a safe country. I ran on a very simple slogan, make America great again. If you're going to have drugs pouring across the border, if you're going to have human traffickers pouring across the border in areas where we have no protection, in areas where we don't have a barrier, then very hard to make America great again. But we've done a fantastic job, but we haven't been given the equipment. We haven't been given the walls. And in the bill, by the way, they didn't even fight us on most of the stuff. Ports of entry, we have so much money, we don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with all the money they're giving us. It's crazy. The only place they don't want to give us much money, $1,375,000,000. Sounds like a lot, but it's not so much, although we're putting it to much better use than it used to be. A lot of the past administrations, they had, it was easy to get, they didn't build or they didn't do what they could have done. It would have been great. It would have been great to have done it earlier, but I was a little new to the job, a little new to the profession. And we had a little disappointment 
for the first year and a half. People that should have stepped up did not step up. They didn't step up, and they should have. Would have been easy. Not that easy, but it would have been a lot easier. But some people didn't step up. But we're stepping up now. So we have a chance of getting close to $8 billion. Whether it's $8 billion or $2 billion or $1.5 billion, it's going to build a lot of wall. We're getting it done. We're right now in construction with wall in some of the most important areas. And we have renovated a tremendous amount of wall, making it just as good as new. That's where a lot of the money has been spent on renovation. In fact, we were restricted to renovating, which is okay. But we're going to run out of areas that we can renovate pretty soon. Okay, so we're going to take a little break, a pause, and we'll come back and catch more of the speech right before he starts taking uh, questions from the press, which is a, uh, a you know big cojones move right there. Right. I'm just, I'm so surprised he took this approach to what is being seen as a major move by the administration. I mean, constitutionally, something that's going to end up at the Supreme Court and all, but he's winging it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yep. I'll be interested to hear how the question and answer period goes. And the fact checkers' minds are exploding. The fact check! Anti-Trump commentators are running around like chickens sans head, wondering where to start. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Trumpiest moment in the Trump presidency. Really? Yes. This speech, which you're going to get back to here in a second. AOC and Joaquin Castro, who's running for president, have already tweeted out they're co-sponsoring a bill to stop uh, Trump's declared national emergency to build the wall. So it's met resistance in Congress already. I assume oh, sure. some court filings will be uh, forthcoming today. I am. Um, but we're uh, we're in the middle of uh, Trump. Uh, just to let you know, he's, I don't know what he is, 40 minutes into his speech. He's ad-libbing it. He's winging it. He's weaving back and forth between national emergency to build the wall and the economy and negotiations with North Korea and China trade and Brexit. Kind of whatever pops into his mind. And all kinds of stuff. So, And he's about to take questions back to the president. And we need new wall. So I want to thank everybody for being here. I want to thank in particular the angel moms and dads for being here. Thank you very much. We have great respect for you. The real country, our real country, the people that really love our country, they love you. So I just want you to know that I know how hard you fight and I know how hard a fight you're having. I also want to thank all of the law enforcement for the job you do. Uh, Believe me, our country loves you and they respect you greatly. And we're giving you a lot of surplus. 
We're giving you surplus military equipment, which a lot of people didn't like giving previous to this administration. But uh, hundreds of millions of dollars of surplus equipment. And as we get it, as you know, we send it down and you have much better protection. Uh, but I really appreciate you being here. So the, uh, the order is signed. And uh, I'll sign the final papers as soon as I get into the Oval Office. And we will have a national emergency. And we will then be sued. And they will sue us in the Ninth Circuit, uh, even though it shouldn't be there. And we will possibly get a bad ruling. And then we'll get another bad ruling. And then we'll end up in the Supreme Court. And hopefully we'll get a fair shake. And we'll win in the Supreme Court, just like the ban. They oh, sued us in the that. Ninth Circuit, and oh, we no. lost, and then we lost in the appellate division, and then we went to the Supreme Court, and we won. And it was very interesting, because yesterday... You could hear the press laughing out there. That's a funny approach. I mean, he's trying to be funny. I hate when my wife but... does that three times in a row. <laughs> Same inflection. Oh, it makes me nuts. I think he just set the record. That's the modern record. That's a good one, though. That's a good one. Here we go. Well, and he was making a point. Yeah, exactly. You know, this, this exactly. process we go through over and over again. Right. The point is, yeah, with this, this, we all know what's going to happen, the dance that's going to occur. Right. Which, which we do. Which we do. The ban. Because we have a ban. It's very helpful. Madam Secretary, is that right? Without the ban, we'd have a bigger problem. We have a ban on certain areas, certain countries, depending on what's going on in the world. And we won, but somebody said, President Trump lost on the ban. Well, he was right. I lost at the lower court. He, ref- he didn't say that we ultimately won at the United States Supreme Court. They didn't want to say that. They didn't want to go that far. They were saying how I lost the person sitting right up here. Donald Trump lost on the ban. Yeah, I did. And then I lost a second time. You should have said that, too. And then it went to the Supreme Court, and I won. Didn't want to take it that far. But we won on the ban, and we won on other things, too. Uh, the probably easiest one to win is on declaring a national emergency, because we're declaring it for virtual invasion purposes, drugs, traffickers, and gangs. And one of the things, just to finish, we have removed thousands of MS-13 gang monsters, thousands. They're out of this country. We take them out by the thousands. And they are monsters. Okay. Do you have any questions? Yeah. Uh, John, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you were prepared. Uh, Mr. President, a lot of the money... Were you saying I was prepared? What, with the microphone and oh, prepared I thought for you questions. meant I was prepared. I wouldn't believe <laughs> no, no, you no, said no, no. that. <laughs> People don't like saying that. You were prepared for questions. I am prepared. I'm always prepared. Uh, a lot of the money uh, that uh, goes to count toward your $8 billion is money that's being reprogrammed uh, in the DOD budget. How, how can you guarantee... Uh, to military families and to our men and women of the military, that none of the money that would be reprogrammed to a wall will take away from other uh, technology, other renovations, construction that is yeah. desperately needed in our military. Can you so, pause John, that? we had certain funds. Sure. That's, uh, John Roberts from Fixed News there, uh, the uh, pro-Trump network, asking a really good, incisive, potentially embarrassing question of the president. You're taking money from the military. I thought that was your big deal. How can you promise it won't do damage to it? It's a good question. Hmm? Are uh, being used 
at the discretion of generals, at the discretion of the military. Uh, some of them haven't been allocated yet, and some of the generals think that this is more important. Uh, I was speaking to a couple of them. They think this is far more important than what they were going to use it for. I said, what were you going to use it for? And I won't go into details, but it didn't sound too important to me. Plus, if you think, uh, I've gotten $700 billion for the military in year one. And then last year, $716 billion. And we're rebuilding our military. But we have a lot. And under the previous administration, our military was depleted, badly depleted. And they weren't spending, I mean, they had a much less, they had a much smaller amount of money. So when I got $700 billion and then $716 billion, and this year it's going to be pretty big too because there's few things more important than our military. You know, I, I'm a big deficit believer in all of that, but before we really start focusing on certain things, we have to build up our military. It was very badly depleted. And we're buying all new jet fighters, all new missiles, all new defensive equipment. We have, we'll soon have a military like we've never had before. So, the president continues to speak and take questions, and we'll get right back to it after a quick break. So we take a break, and then we play commercials, and then the president talks, and then you listen, and then you text, and when we read the text, and when we make a joke. (laughs) Joe's got deep analysis. No, I don't. What? I thought you did. It's counting on you for deep analysis. It's not shallow, but it's not deep. You know there are 30-some current national emergencies going on? It's amazing. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. wrapped up his address Trump uh, declaring a national emergency but it, it wasn't it, typically you hear that and a president's going to come out and say uh, because of the crisis said blah 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 I've decided to declare a national emergency and that this is what's going to happen and well if you'd like my medium deep analysis that was precisely the direction I was going to go given the political stakes you know shaping hearts and minds winning over the American people and the fact that it's immediately heading into court, I would have thought this was a carefully calculated, persuasive speech that also briefly laid out the legal reasoning, you know, with verbiage straight out of the White House counsel's office. Instead, the president just delivered a, a rally style, we got to do this. Um, and our economy's well, great. It's better than it's ever been. While going off on many, many different tangents. Sure, it's his style, and it's worked for him his whole life, and why would he change now? Well, I'm not sure it was the right approach. He's a billionaire and the president winging it. It's, that's not when you change the way you do things. Arguably. Well, unless it'd be a good idea to change <laughs> But anyway. But, you know, we'll see. He's into taking questions right now, and, uh, and, and with each question he goes off on some tangents, so let's pick it uh, back up. We're close to the end. We know there's some exciting stuff on the way. So here's the president. Brings 22 or 23 or 35 of his family members because he has his mother, his grandmother, his sister, his cousin, his uncle. They're all in. You know what happened on the West Side Highway. That young wise guy drove over and killed eight people and horribly injured. Nobody talks about that. Horribly like loss of legs and arms. Going 60 miles an hour, he made a right turn into a park on the West Side Highway along the Hudson River in New York. 
He had many people brought in because he was in the United States. It's called chain migration. And then you have the lottery. It's a horror show. Because when countries put people into the lottery, they're not putting you in. They're putting some very bad people in the lottery. It's common sense. If I ran a country, and if I have a lottery system of people going to the United States, I'm not going to put in my stars. I'm going to put in people I don't want. The lottery system's a disaster. I'm stuck with it. Mr. President, it could you have, tell wait, us? It should have never happened. Okay. Mr. President, could you tell us to what degree some of the outside conservative voices helped to shape your views on this national emergency? I, I would talk about it. Look, uh, Sean Hannity has been a terrific, terrific uh, supporter of what I do. Not of me. If I changed my views, he wouldn't be with me. Rush Limbaugh, I think he's a great guy. He's like, I can speak for three hours without a phone call. Try doing that sometime. For three hours, he speaks. He's got one of the biggest audiences in the history of the world. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Try speaking for three hours without taking calls. Taking four? calls is easy. Okay, I'll answer this one. I'll answer that one. He goes for three hours, and he's got an audience that's fantastic. Wait. Uh, they don't decide policy. In fact, if I went opposite... See, I mean, this is such a crap line of reasoning. This really pisses me off. Oh, yeah. So all the liberal columnists in the country who talk about all their issues, nobody asks Barack Obama, are they pushing you to do this? Are you just listening to Paul Krugman in the New York Times? No, they don't ask that. That's just, this is a stupid, stupid line of inquiry. Who is that stupid woman? Well, I want her name immediately. She's uh, Kelly O'Donnell, NBC News. Stupid! This is everywhere. They they always talk about Ann Coulter complains and changes. Come on! I know. NBC, where the C stands for stupid. Because C sometimes has sounded what like an S. Ever. He shouldn't even he shouldn't even address this. He should dismiss it the way I did. Oh, so when Paul Krugman writes a column for the for the New York Times and Barack Obama does the same thing, is it because Paul Krugman wrote that article? Yeah. Yeah. Just dumb. And Coulter. I don't know her. I hardly know her. I haven't spoken to her in way over a year. But the press loves saying Ann Coulter. Mention Probably Armstrong if I did speak to her, oh, she'd there's be the very crowd nice. The I just don't have the time to speak <laughs> to her. What about ANG? I would speak to her. I have nothing against her. In fact, I like her for one reason. When they asked her, like right at the beginning, who's going to win the election? She said, Donald Trump. And the two people that asked her that question smiled. They said, you're kidding, aren't you? Nope. Donald Trump. So I like her. But... She's off the reservation, but anybody that knows her understands that. Was but that insensitive to, to Indian issues? I don't follow her. I don't Back talk to, to her. But the press loves to bring up the name Ann Coulter. And you know what? I think she's fine. I think she's good, but I just don't speak to her. Um, Laura's been great. Laura Ingram. Tucker Carlson's been great. Again, AG. I actually have a couple of people on CNN that have been very good. I have some on MSNBC the other day. They did a great report of me. I say, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> I think it was the only one in over a year. Michael, we are going to need that clip for the next two to six years. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> Boy, so, the press corps is cracking up out there. <laughs> Back to the president. The crazy thing is, I just had, as you know, Rasmussen 52% in the polls. It's my highest poll number. And people get what we're doing. They get it. They really get it. And I'm honored by it. Yes, Jim Acosta. 
Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I, I wonder if you could comment on uh, this disconnect that we seem to have in this country where you are presenting information about what's happening at the border, calling it an invasion, talking about women with duct tape over their mouths and so on. And yet there's a lot of reporting out there. There's a lot of crime data out there. There's a lot of uh, Department of Homeland Security data out there that shows border crossings at a near record low. Uh, that shows us, but it's un still, undocumented immigrants me, committing crime at lower levels. That shows undocumented criminals or undocumented immigrants committing crime at lower levels than native-born Americans. Um, what, what do you I, say I, to you? Your, don't, you don't really believe that stat. What, do, you, do you really believe what, that what stat? Do you, well, Take let me a ask look you at this. our federal prisons. I believe, I believe in facts and statistics. Okay, and data, any more? But, quick, let's go. Let me just ask you this. <laughs> what do you say to your critics? who say that you are creating a national emergency, that you're concocting a national emergency here in order to get your wall because I, I you couldn't get it through other ways. Moms, what do you think? Do you think I'm creating something? Ask these incredible women who lost their daughters and their sons. Okay? Because your question is a very political question. And the gal have an stood agenda. up and, and waved a picture at Jim Acosta and said, this is real. Now, I want Jim Acosta to say, well, the guy who killed your husband, murdered him in cold blood, he's part of a group that actually commits crimes at a lower rate. That is an idiotic argument. Crimes don't have victims based on the crime rate of the people behind it. Crimes have victims, period. And if there are thousands and thousands and thousands of violent crimes committed by illegals, and that's indisputable, it doesn't matter what rate they commit them at, that's thousands of victims who would not have been victims. You could eliminate all those crimes by not having illegal immigration. It's not like other things in, you know, if there are three ice cream stores and one of them closes, the other two will sell you ice cream. No, it's not that sort of statistic. Nobody's going to rush in to fill that void. If my wife doesn't get murdered by another illegal, she's not going to get murdered by a domestic person. The rate has nothing to do with it. Again, it's an idiotic argument. Fake news. You have an agenda. Uh, the numbers that you gave are wrong. Take a look at our federal prison population. See how many of them, percentage-wise, are illegal aliens. Just see. Go ahead and see. It's a fake question. Yes, go ahead. Can I ask yeah. a follow-up? Thank you, Mr. President. Just to follow up on that, unifying uh, crime reporting statistics, numbers from your own Border Patrol, numbers from this government show that the amount of uh, illegal immigrants are down. There is not violence on the border, and that there's most no violence on the there's border? not as much violence no, oh, really? as. Let me, you wait, 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 six wait, people. Let me finish the killed. question, please. Let me finish the question. Two weeks please. ago, twenty-six people were killed I in a gunfight on the border. I understand what you're saying. A mile saying. away from where I went. I under. I was there. I understand. That's not the question. The question is, do we forget about that? No, I'm not forgetting about it. I'm asking you to clarify where you get your numbers because most of the uh, DEA. Crime reporting statistics that we see show that drugs are coming across at the ports of entry, that illegal immigration is down, and the violence is down. Okay. So what do you base okay. your let facts me, on? Me, come on, let's go. Sort and of, secondly... Sort of, uh, no, no, you get one. Uh, you get well, one. Well, the Ready? second Just question sit down. Is, Wait, sit down. Sit down. Could you, could you please sit answer? Sit down. You get one um, question. Uh, I get my numbers from a lot of sources, like Homeland Security, primarily. And the numbers that I have from Homeland Security are a disaster. And you know what else is a disaster? The numbers that come out of Homeland Security, Kirsten, for the cost that we spend and the money that we lose because of illegal immigration. Billions and billions of dollars a month. Billions and billions of dollars. 
And it's unnecessary. So your own government stats are wrong, are you saying? No, no. I use many stats. Could you share those stats, stats with us? Let me tell you, you have stats that are far worse than the ones that I use. But I use many stats. But I also use Homeland Security. All right, next and question. Do you, what, That'll be going round and round on cable oh news all boy. day long. If you, uh, if, you, check. if you enjoy that sort of thing, you can take it in all day long on any of a number of channels. Uh, <clears throat> I think we may finally settle the whole executive action thing, national emergency thing. I'd love to see that. I think that's needed. You know, no, you know, this, whichever way you swing, politically speaking. The fact that we're not sure if a president can do this seems odd to me. Yeah. Well, everybody's pushed it a little further. To see if they can get away with it. Right. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. possibly get a bad ruling and then we'll get another bad ruling and then we'll end up in the supreme court and hopefully we'll get a fair shake and we'll win please, in the please, supreme court please stop doing just that. like the ban oh stop it we, we like that part of the speech um so we're uh, airing trump's speech in which the, the point of the speech is that the president is declaring a national emergency which allows him to go around congress and build the wall he's hoping uh, nancy pelosi and chuck schumer out with a uh, joint statement in which they said Congress will not allow the president to shred the Constitution. I love it when people say shred the Constitution on both sides. It's always being shredded, not just cut apart or torn apart or overlooked or usurped. It's even shredded. It's not good enough. Somebody (laughs) might find the scraps and rewrite it. Got to shred it. (laughs) But so the president is about to take a question on the U.S. debt hitting $22 trillion, and I'm kind of interested to hear what he has to say about that. Yeah, what about that? So here we go. Do I have the sound up? I started, didn't I? We good? Here we go. A shade under twenty trillion from when yeah. you took office. Now it's a shade over twenty-two trillion and heading uh, in the wrong direction. What are your plans to to reverse it? Well, it's all about growth. But before growth I only, really or- focus on that, and you have to remember, President Obama put on more debt on this country than every president in the history of our country combined. So when I took over. We had one man that put on more debt than every other president combined. Combine them all. So you can't be talking about that. But that is a I talk about it because yeah. I consider it very important. But first, I have to straighten out the military. The military was depleted. And if we don't have a strong military that hopefully we won't have to use because it's strong. If we don't have a strong military, you don't have to worry about debt. You have bigger problems. So I had to straighten out the military. That's why I did the seven hundred and seven sixteen billion. But growth will straighten it out. You saw last month the trade deficit went way down. Everybody said, what happened? Well, what's happening is growth. But before I can focus too much on that, a very big expense is military. And we have no choice but to straighten out our Is military. growth the only answer, sir? Or is yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Okay, so yeah. now he's going to get into North Korea. Do you have any comments, Joe? Well, just there's always a bigger priority than dealing with the national debt, depending on which uh, you know, party is in office. They have a different answer, but there's always something. If we don't get the climate under control, we got bigger problems than the debt. If we don't yeah. help the middle <laughs> yeah. class, if yeah. we don't help the downtrodden, whatever, right. if we don't get reparations for 
Black America, whatever it is, there's always something. So, but on the the topic of the day, which ended up being a whole bunch of different topics, but the main topic was supposed to be declaring a national emergency. Worth re-mentioning, I suppose, there are 30 current... 31. We're living under them right now, Jack. I review them every single morning when I get up so I don't run afoul of them. Now, I didn't know that. That number uh, struck me, uh, so that was kind of interesting. That took a little of the wind out of the sails, I think, of the people. Oh, my God, a national emergency? That's crazy. We've got 31 currently going from several past presidents. Most of them, the vast majority of them, are are, uh, seizing or blocking the assets of various people who are up to bad stuff around the globe. Right, Um, uh, and, and, and other stuff, you know, DACA and other things, but... Uh, this one is different than that would be an appropriations thing to a pretty high level that is supposed to be Congress's role. So I guess that's where it gets into the courts, and the Supreme Court decides whether or not the president can do that or not. Yeah, just to clarify, the DACA thing was an executive order. That's different than is, a national emergency. Yeah, okay. which just goes to show, again, nobody has any idea what executive power is and isn't in the United States. If Obama can say 21 times, this is unconstitutional, I can't do it, then do it. Uh, how how is this different? Why doesn't he just call it an executive order? I guess because he's moving money around as opposed to policies around. Mm. Okay, all right. I I love the fact that this is headed for the courts. Let's figure this out. Yeah, it's not uh, universally loved by people on the right either. There's a number of people on the right that are bothered by a president having this kind of power because of what, you know, a president that doesn't agree with your stuff could do with this precedent. Right, right. And there are quite a few who are afraid to speak out because they don't want uh, Trump supporters to turn on them. Um, You know, in my opinion, both parties have been complicit in keeping the borders open for a very, very long time. And there are plenty of motivations for not supporting the president in this. Some are are principled. Some of them are just, you know, their uh, Wall Street backers are telling them, hey, keep that uh, cheap labor flowing in. The last thing we want is for wages to rise for lower class Americans. Hey, it's worth mentioning, uh, old Beto O'Rourke is done. Stick a fork in him. He said, in response to a challenge from Rep. Dan Crenshaw, our Texas gentleman, famously combat veteran, Patch, Saturday Night Live, that Dan Crenshaw, he asked Beto, if you could snap your fingers and make El Paso's border wall disappear, would you? And Beto O'Rourke said, uh, yes, he would tear down the existing walls and fencing at the U.S.-Mexico border if he could. This is according to NBC News. Uh, he says that uh, barriers don't bring Americans greater security. Uh, they've made us less safe. And he talks about the illegals uh, dying in the desert as they try to get in. And he wants to tear down border fences. That's... He will not get a single vote in San Diego. Well, he Can doesn't. You he, imagine he does. Tijuana just moves north. Yoink. He does not need a vote in San Diego to become the next senator of Texas. Right. Which is what his plan is. Yeah, well, I think we'll that's pretty that goes. clear now. He and I'm that's sure that's an extremist yep, position. It is, but he, I, I would guess, he's got some polling that leads him to believe Texas has changed enough with immigration and a lot of it illegal immigration that that message will work, which should trouble you. God dang it! So you let well, him, wait, we're giving away American sovereignty. Yes, we're no you, longer a country. You give away, you let in millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of illegals for years and years and years and years and years, and then all of a sudden you cater to their political wants mm-hmm. and win because so many of them have been uh, have come in. Right. That's an interesting and or way. Or voting or whatever. Interesting way to run a country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an experiment. We'll see how it comes out. Meanwhile, as I say many times, and this is related to the president uh, not answering, and granted, the guy had already asked a couple of things, but 
He said, well, what about uh, uh, entitlement reform? And the president moved on to the next question. But we're not having enough babies in this country, so we need to import young workers from somewhere or get them somewhere to prop up our increasingly upside-down entitlement programs. So that's why both parties are complicit in this, and they're all liars. So what is standing out in this long, uh, I shouldn't say rambling, because rambling is prejudicial. Yeah. Um, uh, Wide-ranging? Wide-ranging. That's much more fair. Thank you. Much more fair. I do words for a living. Wide-ranging speech, in which he got into a whole bunch of different topics. I think the fact that he admired, it would seem to a great extent, the fact that in China they execute drug dealers. A couple of weeks after that criminal justice reform thing that let loose drug dealers? I mean, to a large extent, nonviolent drug offenders. That's a little ironic. Yeah, the whole Kim Kardashian kind of led right movement. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that you, was a little odd. Well, you can have different rules for nonviolent drug offenders than top drug dealers, right? Sure, but he was just talking about people who are important fentanyl, for instance. If I've got five hundred tabs of fentanyl, that could kill hundreds of people, thousands, thousands of people. Well, tabs is a bad. I should have used a weight because if you have five hundred tabs, it's unlikely to kill more than five hundred people. Um, you could certainly argue that's worthy of the death penalty. That stuff is murder. I'm not. Necess- I'm not a death penalty guy currently. Ask me again tomorrow. But I'd lock that person up forever. I have no problem with that. Mm. Make it a hell of a deterrent. Lock them up with Hillary. Oh jeez. I've I, seen you what? chant lock her up. What? I have. I, w- I was there. I have chanted. I it. was there. I've chanted it. Absolutely. I still think about it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, heck of a day. As always, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.